Hello, everyone, and welcome into the FBW Kids Podcast, Episode 2. My name is Lane, joined alongside my co-host, Kim. Hello, hello. So excited to be back for another episode today. Last week, we talked about why children's ministry is important, and this week, we are talking about the importance of knowing your people. And what we mean by that is not just like, people who you see on the street, but like the people who are involved in your ministry. And so we're going to kind of talk about two different groups here, one being our volunteers that help serve in our children's ministry, and then also kiddos and families who are involved in our ministries, because both are very important. Both make up the foundation of what your children's ministry is. And it's ironic because Right now, Kim, we're reading a book about volunteers, and so we're learning how important it is to lead them well and to do things like that. So do you want to start with knowing volunteers? For sure. Okay. So we'll go ahead and dive into that. So obviously volunteers are the muscle. Like while we might be the brains of the outfit and put everything together Volunteers are the ones who make everything go. They're in the small group rooms every single week. They're leading, for us at least, they're leading the large group portion. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit different depending right. on where on where you're at. But you can't do anything in children's ministry without some kind of form of a volunteer help. Yeah. So that is what is, in my mind, one of the most important things. So it's important to know who you have, who you have serving, and how to best encourage them, things like that. So you've obviously been doing this a lot longer than me, so you yeah. can kind of dive into that whole headspace of how you kind of go about with volunteers and knowing them and relationship building. Yeah, so I do think, I totally agree. I think it's one of the most important things, and again, everything's going to rise and fall on leadership. So it's incumbent upon us as leaders to understand that, that parents, everybody is looking to the staff or the leadership. However, those volunteers are really what push your vision forward. And so a couple of things that I've learned or know about volunteers. The first thing is that if they aren't with you in your vision, they will not stay with you. And so one thing that even in my last church was super important for me was to make sure that our vision for what we wanted to do, whether that's broad scope of the whole children's ministry, or if it's just, this is what Wednesday night's vision is. This is what we want to accomplish. That it was always in front of our volunteers because if they didn't catch it, if they didn't understand my heart behind what I felt like God was telling me as the leader, they would not stay past a year. And they had no longevity. Sometimes the the tension that you may find or the frustrations you may find with a volunteer may actually be because they don't really understand the vision. Not really because they are, you know, have a bad personality or they not really don't want to be there. It may just be because they don't understand the vision. And so I think the first step is always to do a diligent effort in getting the vision in front of people, especially your volunteers, Uh, because I want them to be able to share it with the world on social media. I want them to be able to share it with our church body. I want everyone to kind of, if they, if they catch the vision then they become your biggest mouthpiece for 
what your kids' ministry is about um, amongst other places. So I think that's definitely first step. Um, And then from there, I really think it's, um, you really have to be very mindful of relationships with your volunteers that have nothing to do with just, hey, did you get the curriculum? Hey, I need you to show up at 530. Hey, I need this, I need that. Um, That goes a little bit beyond. So one thing that I know that we do is not just reaching out to them throughout the week, but going a step further and saying, okay, how can I pray for you? And if something comes up, if we see those prayer requests coming in, then we need to follow up with that. And sometimes it does take that extra step because you can kind of get in that tunnel vision of I've got to get my week stuff done. I've got to get all of these things that are just the, you know, fine details. But that's what really allows them to feel like they're a part of the team when you go that step above, not just through prayer requests or maybe you saw on Facebook that their kid had a soccer game and you just click on that and say, hey, we're so glad about that. And then you follow up with them. And so it really makes them feel like they're not coming to just do a job, that they're part of a team and they're part of something bigger. Um, So those are like the first two big things that Mm -hmm. I think is super important to concentrate on with your volunteers. And as you kind of learn from them and learn kind of their personality, even I love the Enneagram, maybe kind of their Enneagram number lean, you're able to then kind of look at your needs and hopefully place people in the right spot. I know that's happened even in our preschool ministry is we will put someone in a spot and quickly realize, you know, they may not be really super gifted in toddlers. Maybe let's move them to kindergarten. But if we just throw them there and just forget about them, then not only is that doing a detriment to them and the calling that God has on them to volunteer, but also to all of the kiddos that are around them. And so it's really incumbent upon us as leaders to be constantly aware, constantly aware of who is meshing well with who, who is who needs to be moving into what grade, you know, um, we always offer our leaders to move up with their group Mm -hmm. if they would like to, um, or if they want to just stay in, you know, third grade or whatever that may be, that's fine. Um, but just kind of really understanding where are they going to fit, um, based off of their personality. So it kind of does take a little bit more of an effort. It is not just filling holes on the weekend. It has to be a step past that. It's so easy to throw a dart at a wall and be like, oh yeah, we need this, 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 and this. Let's go out and find it. Because I think one way I described it in a conversation I had recently was, we don't, we're not trying to put square pegs in round holes. Mm-hmm. We're not just trying to put something in to hold it in place. Because right. the problem is eventually, that's going to be noticeable. That hey, this person is not fitting in, and it's impro- And like you said, it's important to realize that because then they're going to be miserable, and then you're going to have to circle the wagon all over again yes. to try to find people to come. So I wholeheartedly agree. It, and this is coming from a place of just knowing how good, like, we have it here, I know, for instance, because, like, I know at other places that I've been to before, it's not necessarily that case. I know lots of people who struggle to pull in those mm-hmm. people every year, every week. Right. And there's been times where I've literally gone and visited a church that one of my friends works at. And he goes, I really hate to do this to you, but I don't have anybody in my threes and fours class today. Would you go in there with me and help me? And I was like, 
yeah, so here I am visiting a random church I've never been to before, helping out in their three and four year olds class because they they didn't have the volunteer mm-hmm. people that think, able to be there. I think there, you're so. speaking to like that is just I feel like the nature of every church we currently have holes that we need to fill. I think that's maybe an, a constant. Uh, hopefully, they we can all get to a point where that is not. The ongoing, maybe it's just the hit or miss situations. Yeah. Like we had uh, one of our volunteers have a baby, so yes. that created a hole, you know, for her to kind of be at home for a season. And so, I think that hopefully, with casting vision, putting it in front of them, uh, reaching out to them throughout the week, uh, not just about hey, I need you to do this, that type of thing, but really making them feel a part of the team and finding the correct spot, hopefully you can move into a place where people are wanting to join what is going on, and when they do, they stay Yes. for longer. I do think part of one thing that I have learned over my years is, um, and this is just mainly geared to children's ministry leaders, but you can get in the habit of, I feel like God is telling me to do this. This is how we're going to do it. And I know what's best. And that all may be very true Mm -hmm. and very, you're the one that's researching curriculum. You're the one that's researching training articles and all of the things. So that all may be true. But if you remove yourself from listening to your volunteers, then they totally do not feel on the team. And so a lot of times um, any suggestion, we kind of create this environment of, you are welcome to bring any suggestion at any time yeah. uh, to either of us or our preschool team or wherever, um, and we just really value that. And I think when you give your volunteers a little bit of ownership that they can say, hey, I've noticed this in the small group room. Here's a suggestion. Here's a solution to that. Even like our midweek when we're kind of restructuring it, really listening, taking those volunteers out to lunch meeting with them separately to really hear what their heart is and maybe some suggestions that you've never thought of. And so I do think it takes some humility on the leadership's end of things um, for you to realize like, yes, I am in this position, but also I may not be seeing everything. And so I really do need my volunteers input. We are always looking at, like, we always ask them for evaluations on things. We always ask them to be open with us about feedback if we change anything uh, or put something new out there. And so I think that's just always important to loop back around um, with your volunteers and kind of give them a voice. It gives them ownership, and I think that will help them stick around. No, that's, yeah, because nothing grows if it's just constantly one person pushing it. That's just you being, that's just it being your thing. And if you want it to be something vibrant and, to be honest, something that you could hand off mm-hmm. to the next person, because you always are looking for the next right. you in right. ministry, then you want to be able to pass that off and it not miss a beat. Yeah. Like, you want to be able to pass it off somewhere and it's like, okay, well, this is an environment where we come together, we collaborate, we work to make it the best. Because there's no small roles in the kingdom. And so, yes... You might not think as a volunteer, oh my gosh, I play this huge vital role in children's ministry because I just teach first grade every week, or I just come up 
and I help to make sure, hey, this kid's out of line. I pull them out for a second. I send them back back in after I talk. Or I make sure the floor is safe. I make sure. Those are all important jobs in children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just important for them to realize is like, you're just as valuable. You might not get paid by the church to be there or to to serve, but you play a very important role in how you're changing these kids' lives. And so that's very important to us as people who are in children's ministry to remember that. Is And I think you brought it up one time, like you've, you've had it happen before where you had to remember they don't get paid mm-hmm. to do this and they are very important. So I need to listen to them and value them Right. in that same that same way and I think for both of us too who have volunteer backgrounds mm-hmm. as like people who love to volunteer we know how we were treated as volunteers and how that kind of pushed us into being mm-hmm. in children's ministry and not I'm so sorry <laughs> that is a weather channel I was about um, to say maybe video. it's a volunteer yeah maybe it's a volunteer talk. calling in <laughs> calling in thank you so much weather channel for calling in to today's episode uh please sponsor us um but anyways we've both been volunteers before and so we know what that world is like and we know what encourages us what discourages us what common problems Mm -hmm. are for volunteers and i think that just helps to have a good perspective on what their world is like because they don't have to be they don't have to be there. They don't have to be involved. Right. So treating them as well as possible is is the best. And so on that kind of note, Kim, what are things that you try to do, especially when you know that volunteers are kind of more burnt out, they're kind of, you know, on the edge. Mm-hmm. What are things that you try to do to kind of help, you know, yeah, bring, bring that kind of back a little bit? Yeah, so one thing I think it's really important that we do every month is we appreciate them in some way. So we do big things, you know, once or twice a year, but every month we do something small. I know our preschool ministry, it's a deck of cards this month that goes with their theme. And it's just something simple, but it's just that touch point of, hey, you matter, we see you. And it could be as simple as a candy bar or a movie ticket or anything in between very small and so I feel like for churches too who may not have those big budgets where they can you know do the big huge volunteer appreciation events those small things really do matter because it does show them like oh you notice that I am working really hard that I am on the team and so hopefully you can kind of cut off a little bit of that on the front end by concentrating on that constant appreciation of them but the second thing, I, I feel like any volunteer who's come to burnout, to a point of burnout, which I had in the past as well as a volunteer in college, it kind of gets to the point where you're like, okay, am I really doing anything for these kids? Yeah. If, is this really mattering to them? Um, and that's kind of, I know, my thought process. And so I feel like part of it needs to be a conversation of where are you at? What do you feel like you are bringing to the table is there something that we are missing that we're putting too much on you you know always as leaders we need to always be willing to take that humble stance and take the blame for anything that we may even unknowingly be putting on our volunteers 
So is it something where it's like, okay, maybe you aren't able to do something once a week. Okay, let's adjust to yeah. twice a month. I know we did that in preschool recently, and it has worked really well. Maybe um, it is, okay, we just need you to be a floating sub. Maybe this is just too much yeah. on your plate. It's just too much. Uh, you don't have the capacity for it, and that's okay. I think the thing that I would quicken people not to do would be to take no for an answer. And if yes. somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm burnt out, I'm not serving next month, to just be like, okay, thank you, and move on. Because I think in that way, you're doing a disservice to that person continuing to hear what God wants them to do and also giving them space to actually serve and build the kingdom in a level of their capacity, whether that's their season or their personality or even their gifting. And so I would be very hesitant to always just take that first no as the answer and try and dig a little deeper and say, okay, what is, what's the reason for that? Maybe it's just their work schedule got really crazy. Okay, great. Would you like to move to a once a month sub? I know we've talked about like, we always, those people that we feel like are kind of on the fringe, we always need to have a hold on them somehow. So even if it's just, you know, and when we talk in a moment about families, I think this applies to families as well. Any of the people that you notice are kind of becoming on the fringes or moving towards that, you feel it, you know it, you see it on their attendance yeah. or their attitude. Always find a way to hold on to them somehow. So even if that is changing their role to twice a month or once a month sub or, hey, could you just fill in on big events like special events? Um, hey, would you be interested in just moving to Wednesday nights? Yeah. Would that work better? Because your weekends seem very jam-packed. I know that happened to one of our volunteers, and they've been more consistent than when we tried to get them to be once a month, even on a Sunday. And so I think sometimes it just is part of that conversation. And sometimes our volunteers don't know how to voice what's really going on. They don't know. They may want not want to let anyone down or they may be fearful that it'll look bad on children's ministry or on them. And so if you have that intentional conversation with them and break down some of those barriers, they may be able to be really honest about something that's really that maybe they're really struggling with, and then that's a perfect opportunity to minister yeah. to them, but also kind of pull them back in in a way that says, you know, you're valued, but let's find a spot and a time and a day of the week that really works best for where you're at right now. Exactly. Always knowing that when things clear up, I'm ready to move you to the next level. Yes. Yes. No, I think those are all great. And I think that kind of wraps up the volunteer portion really well, because we could go all day on volunteer stuff, but that could be different episodes. So we'll move on now to our families, because I think a common misconception in children's ministry is that it's all the same. No matter where you go, children are children, families are families, and it's so easy to just hop on in. But that is far from the truth, because when you take a wider look at it, family makeup dynamic, children dynamic is different every place you go. Like, I know back home for me, that is a very consistent 30 kids every single week. I know I'm going to see, well, they're all old now, but I'm going to see Addie, Avery, John, Isabel. You know, I'm going to see those kids every single week. They're always going to be there on Sunday. They're always going to be there on Wednesday. Their parents are very consistently 
here, but there's going to be places where sometimes you see them maybe once a month or maybe even less than that. And you realize, okay, this is a lot different than those consistent 30 kids that I was seeing every month. Because, like, here we have hundreds that come every single weekend, mm-hmm. and it's like every week it's a new group. Yeah. It is a do- new group with a different dynamic. And so that changes the ball game a lot on the different strategies that you have to take to get them plugged in and invested. And so, like, there was things that back home for me we could do, you know, like we know we could do a parent's day out because it's only, like, a couple, maybe 20 kids that are going to come be dropped off. Parents go out. We can have – but, like, here, that's, like – that's a lot of kids that are probably going to be dropped off if we did something like yeah. that. So creating more like family events where they can all come, still have mm-hmm. fun, and do things together might be a bit different. But yeah. you've I been agree. at a lot more different places. So yeah. I'll let you go on a little bit about yeah. kind of where you are. I agree with all of that. I think that really shows if we're talking about the importance of knowing your people, you really do have to know your context of what's going on in your community um, not really just at your local church um, and even when I lived overseas the community was very different and so we had to think differently when it came to how we provided different things for our church because the community was very different and and too it was only you showed up to church one hour a week yeah. Everything else was home groups, so it was more of a different environment. For here, we are group-centric, and yes. so there aren't that many home groups. I'm a part of a home group. You go to a home group. But other than that, like, there's not a lot of – that's not the focus. So yeah. then you have to think, okay, if parents are coming more than one hour, if the parents are plugged in, yes. we need to offer something very unique to our yeah. kiddos for those two hours so that they don't get bored, so that – the worst thing is a kid getting in the car saying, I hate it, and I'm yeah. so bored, and I never yeah. want to go back. That is definitely not what we want. And so I think you just really have to know your community, then know what your church is offering, what is your church's vision. If it is, you know, you come for one hour, and then you're able to do home groups, or they're able to come back at a different time, then you kind of have a little bit more space to try out new things, because you can do one thing one hour, and the next yeah. week change it up and the kids are super excited because it's something different uh, every week whereas for us we have a consistent group hour and worship hour and so we expect most of our kiddos to stay for both and so we do have to do the work which it is extra to offer two unique situations and two unique things I do agree with you on there are times where I know At one point, especially back when I first started in full-time ministry, it seemed like parents were still very much intentional with making sure their kiddos were a part of what we were doing. There wasn't a lot that came into play there. There wasn't, I mean, that was like over 10 years ago, and there wasn't baseball on Wednesday nights and tournaments on the weekends. And that was actually very rare. And so you kind of were able to have... A consistent group and kind of know what you could expect, what you were referring to about just other different events. Whereas now we are really battling 
not just the things of the world, but these are exciting things. We yeah, want, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine a kiddo just being stuck inside going to school and that's it. You know, we want them to be a well-rounded kid. Yes. And so I know as, a, as parents, they're looking for, okay, how does that look? How does that make sense to us? A well-rounded kid, we want them in Girl Scouts, but we also want them to do dance and we want them to play soccer and all of these different things because all of those things matter in order to give them talent, teamwork, environments, all of these sort of benefits of doing extracurricular activities. Yeah. The problem we're seeing now is that that is impeding on the ability for people to come on campus to yes. church. And so we kind of do have to, in this day and time, um, really be creative in what we offer. And so I know at our church, we do go kind of above and beyond. I mean, this past yeah. week we had a carnival out. Yes in our parking lot um, that came. And so we kind of do have to think we're doing things above and beyond because we understand in our community here in yeah. like the Dallas area, it is a challenge. There's always going to be something better. That's Ooh, kind of what I've yeah. found in my two years here is that parents are always like, well, let's compare that to that. Let's yes. compare this event at church to whatever else. And so we have to kind of sometimes be a little gimmicky to get people involved and I think that it does prove time and time again that at least for our context here that it works that it may it brings people back in on Sundays it brings people to getting more plugged in um that type of thing and I do think that we are moving more in a situation where we always want to I know that this may be a help to other children's ministries but we always want to provide a parent to child event that yes. they can come to with their kid. And so sometimes we yes. do big family events. We did like mini golf. Those types of things are super fun. The whole family can come to, but we also do things for dads and daughters, dads and sons, mm -hmm. moms and daughters, moms and yes. sons, because we understand that if the world is telling you, you just really have to be a chauffeur and take yeah. your kiddo to all of these things you don't have those intentional moments That's right. to build those memories and have gospel conversations. And so we want to offer those things. It's only four, yeah. you know, a year. That's not a big deal. We do two in the summer, one in the fall, one in the spring. And we kind of just plan that. It looks different maybe every time, yeah. but we just kind of know. And what's really cool is like our moms and they're like expecting it. They're like, when is the next mom and yeah. son event? Yeah. Like can't wait for it. Our dads, showed up in hundreds this past dad-daughter night and like when's the next one we're so thankful for it yeah. and although it may not be every family we want to be able to offer it because yes. there will be some that take that as a priority and understand that that may be the only time that yeah. week that they can have some intentional time with their kid where they're not having to get homework done to put them in the car, yes. take them here, take them there. And so I think that is really, really important to offer to our families Absolutely. based off of your community and yeah. what they're struggling with. Well, and then understanding the family dynamics that you have going on in your group too, I think is also a very important point because there's going to be some families just unfortunately in the world we live in today that are not the quote unquote typical right. family anymore. You're going to have kids who are from broken homes you're going to have kids who maybe never ha don't have a relationship at all with mom or dad right. or maybe live with grandparents now that's a more and more common 
thing. And so you have to understand the makeup of the families that are in your ministry and how to best serve them and equip them at home. One thing we try to do is send home materials that they can go through together. Now, whether that happens or not, we don't know. But at least that seed is planted and they have that opportunity to do that. And then we try to come up with other things like posts that say, hey, why don't this morning, instead of like, you know, promoting an event or something, we say, hey, why don't you pray for your kid while they're at school today? Or hey, why don't, when you're in the car today, you talk about this or at the table for dinner talk about this because those are those little things that are going to matter more than just saying oh we dropped you off at church like we hope you had fun like we love you see you later you know because as I was talking I was talking to a young adult the other day who said the thing that I really admire about one of my brother or sister's family is that every night they have dinner together they sit around a table and they talk about their days what's going on and he said i love that because my family just doesn't ever really do that and so that just stresses how important even in a broken home even in a home that's maybe not traditional in the sense of how we grew up thinking about the home like that is those things still matter so much more than just oh hey you had a fun time today like i'm so happy like let's go back home and you go off to your room by yourself for three hours and i don't ever see you again you know like creating those moments and knowing what that makeup is like is just it's so it's so vital i think that's really it is you really do have to be intentional as kids ministry leaders to understand what your families are up against in your community, what they are facing, what the kids are facing, and just maybe what they need. I know that some, what I'm getting more of now, and I know that we'll talk about family conference, but what I'm getting more of now is parents that just don't know how to answer questions from their kids. They have maybe not been They may have not ever grown up in church. They're at church because they want their kids to be at church. Um, They may not have the capacity or the bandwidth to be able to study themselves. And so that is really what more of my emails from parents and like calls from parents are geared towards right now is, hey, my kid has questions about baptism. My kid is struggling with this. My kid is... And I don't really know how to answer that. So could you meet with them? And I am always for that. And I would, I always do and love and try to make that happen. But it does show me, even though they're not saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. It's showing that they don't know how to really have those gospel conversations at home. Um, And so picking up on their needs, even if they're not coming out right and saying it, really being mindful to say, okay, if I'm getting all of this, you know, maybe blowback from an event I tried. It's always good to try new things, but it may not work out. Okay, what are they really telling me that they really want and need? How can I readjust for the next event or the next activity or something like that? How can I really readjust for that? And so I think that's huge. I think that really is, um, like you said, what makes it so vital is 
knowing them, knowing that they are probably up against some things that we weren't um, growing up, and how can we come alongside of them rather than being the answer always, Um, but really trying to get them to a point where they understand that we're just here to come alongside of them, provide opportunities to make memories like those events we talked about, but more so to just be a resource for them and just a source of encouragement, offering some unique stuff for their kiddos on the weekends, on midweek, and you're right, it is a seed. It could be, and, and we do have to understand, I know for us here at FBW, we may see a kiddo twice a month and that's pretty like that's like a lot you know that's that's the good part of kind of our context and so if that's the case we need to do some things consistently understanding that they may not get it every week but we also need to say okay that one seed of that devotional that we sit home or that post like that may be all it takes to really move them into a relationship with Jesus or have that conversation at home. And so even though it kind of seems redundant sometimes and it seems like you're doing a ton of stuff for families and only half of your family show up or only mm-hmm. half of your kids do the item, that's okay. And yeah. you have to understand that that is something that God uses. The scripture that always comes to mind is when it says that um, when the word of the Lord goes out, it does not return void. And so anything that we're doing, whether it's an event, we always want to have a speaker gospel element, or if it's that take-home page, or if it's just, you know, a a family-wide event, not just a dad-daughter type of thing, just know that when the word of the Lord goes out, it's not going to return void. And we can have hope in that, even when it kind of may seem like we're confusing or discouraged and we don't know what families are up against we can have hope that scripture is very clear on if we are pursuing jesus if we're offering things for parents and families to pursue jesus at home it's not going to return void god's going to use it no i think that's that's great and that's just kind of the world we're in now i think it's almost disrespectful to not acknowledge how the world has changed and i think that was something we kind of talked about last week just how the world of children's ministry and we have to apply that to everything we do both with wrapping it up now both with volunteers and with the families so but i think that is going to do it for today we hope you guys enjoyed this if you would please like and share wherever you get your podcast we're working on getting on apple they like to take a sweet time so if you listen on apple normally we eventually will be on apple but what, until then, please let us know what you guys think. If there's anything you want us to talk about, please share that. We would love to know. You could reach out lane at fbw.church if you want to send in those requests. You can reach out to me, and I'll make sure those get put on the calendar. But until next time, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again real soon.